This is a podcast from Delancey Eden Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Eden Church building at Le Banks St. Samson in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. so wonderful just to know in these moments that that wall, that thing that kind of divides us from the presence of God just been totally torn into and now we can come directly into the very presence of God we don't have to go through all the rituals or the cleansing processes but because of the shed blood of Jesus what an incredible thrill, I think we often Sometimes we take it for granted. Sometimes we become so familiar with it, we forget the, the sheer awe and wonder. Veil has been tent, rent in two, and you and I now can just come directly into the presence of the Most High God. That won't be, we can, you can just come right now. The only thing that can ever separate is our, is our lack of desire, our lack of thirst, if you like. But for all those who say, Lord, this morning, I just want to enter in we can either be in the outer courts, the inner court, or we can go right, in, right to the center of the holies of holies. And in his presence, there's some amazing things that can happen. I don't think you can ever really enter into the presence of God and, and be the same person. There's transformation. There's, you're radically changed because you've encountered the living God. And God invites everyone this morning to have an encounter with him. Just to encounter his presence. Lord, we want to thank you right now. The veil's been torn into. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that has opened that way, a new and living way, not through rituals, not through clever methods and, and, and all kinds of sacrificial ways, but, Lord, we come directly on the basis of the shed blood of Jesus. And so, Lord, today we want to say thank you. Thank you that we were once far from you, have been brought near by the very power, the very cleansing, awesome power of the mighty blood of Jesus. Why don't you just give him thanks and praise right now. Thank him that you can enter into his presence so freely, so wonderfully. We give you thanks, Lord. We give you thanks. Hallelujah. Okay, if you want to turn your Bibles this morning. We turn to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. And I just want to sort of... I'm going to get in the moment. I want to talk, and I've turned it, uh, peace stealers. Things that steal peace. You know, when, whenever people came to Jesus, nobody ever went away the same. Is that right? Everybody was always transformed and changed when they met Jesus. I'm grateful for the cross this morning. And I just, there's so many provisions that come from the cross. Forgiveness of sin. Healing for our bodies. Amen. Provision. Deliverance. 
For every work God does in your life ultimately is a result of the cross. Every single thing that comes and affects and any benefit of our lives comes from the cross. But there's one particular, I think, one benefit of salvation I don't think we necessarily think about it very much. And yet, without it, life, you could never enjoy life without it. Without it, you couldn't enjoy one single thing in life without this. And it's peace. That's a benefit of salvation. Jesus says, I've come that you might have life, and how might you have it? More abundantly. How can you have abundant life if you've got no peace? that right so peace is actually an incredible benefit that god brings into our life what a, how many love peace it's just the most awesome thing to just have peace in your heart and i'm not talking about this morning tranquility i'm not talking about kind of this inner kind of tranquility i'm not talking about human tranquility you know the sort of thing when you're lying on that beautiful beach in Barbados, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, whoa, oh, I'm going to join them for the other. You know, beautiful beach there in Barbados, and you, you're walking on sort of, you know, that kind of sand, and you almost f- fall into the sand and the lovely warm sea, and I think I want to go there right now, but you know what I'm saying? There's this, and we think, oh, this is so wonderful. But you know what? In a moment, that can go. that right? In just one moment, it can disappear. One phone call and that, if you like, human tranquility can totally disappear. Someone once said that you're only as happy as your happiest child. Because there's so many things that can take our peace. Because all the things that we're leaning on that give us a sense of tranquility and security in a moment, they can be gone. We had an amazing day yesterday at our wedding, and it was it's almost, can life get better than this? And you just, you know, you're walking your, your daughter down the aisle and it's awesome, it's amazing. But I know in a moment it's over. Months and months of planning, months and months of going through raw. We had a great day and it's so wonderful. But in a moment it's over, it's gone. In other words, if our peace is based on human tranquility, human things, then how quickly those things can change. The peace I'm talking about this morning is a supernatural peace that only God can give. A supernatural peace that only comes from God. If you like, there's two levels of peace. There is peace with God, which actually comes because of the blood of Jesus. And the Bible says that because of the blood, we have peace with God. The second piece that the Bible speaks about is the peace the Holy Spirit brings. How many realize that Jesus' title is the Prince of Peace? So if he's the Prince of Peace, then peace must be a vital ingredient to our lives. Is that right? He's the one that brings peace. And the Holy Spirit gives this incredible peace to our lives. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. In this world, you're going to have incredible challenges and problems and difficulties. But be of good cheer because I am giving to you an incredible supernatural peace that nothing in this world can take away. Amen. Supernatural. Absolutely supernatural. 
Okay, Philippians, yeah, that's just the introduction while I was thinking about that. Uh, but Philippians chapter 4, here the Apostle Paul is reminding us of certain things that want to steal your peace. Because the Bible says the devil comes to kill and destroy. And one of the things he wants to steal is your peace. If you've got no peace, then you're never able to stand in the midst of your troubles. And so you need to know how to defeat the things that want to rob your peace. That's what he says and Paul says in Philippians 4. I, I want you to just take this to, 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 to your heart this morning. Isn't it amazing that we, we read these verses and I found more and more in the Bible, more and more, we can be so caught up with the, the theological framework of it that we never experience what the Bible says. We know it, but never live the experience of it. As far as I am concerned, this book is to be experienced. If, it's, if all we have is theology, then we've missed the purpose of it. God wants you to experience every single word written in this book. And listen to this experience that God wants you to, ex to have. Philippians 4, verse 6. Be anxious for how much? I thought about that. He didn't say be anxious for a few things. He never said everybody else not be anxious except you. Ever had that? You know, it's different for me, Lord. People don't know. You know, my experience is different from everybody else's. And we kind of think that we're the exception of the rule. But the Bible says be anxious for how much? In other words, don't worry about one single thing. Be anxious for that. In fact, that word nothing means all-inclusive. You know, it's not odd exceptions. It's absolutely, totally all-inclusive. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. What is the result of that? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guards your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Now, based on that verse, I wonder how many of us this morning are living in disobedience. Be anxious for nothing. The same God who said, don't lie, don't steal, also said, don't worry about one single thing. And he says that I can give you a peace beyond what you can imagine or think. In other words, you can experience, you can come into a, into a new level of peace that you can't even define, that you can't even describe in words. It's the peace of God. How many love the peace? That peace of God. I often think that the enemy comes to attack that peace, supernatural peace. I remember many times in my own life, and I remember one particular time going through all kinds of stuff, feeling really beat down, ever had that experience. And I remember the presence of God just filled the atmosphere as I was seeking him. And, and just this incredible peace, a level I'd never, ever encountered. And I remember the depth of that peace, the incredible ability of that peace. And here's the amazing thing. All the problems I had, they seemed so small. 
Those problems that seem so overwhelming, so big, so massive, when this supernatural peace invaded my heart, I thought, why do they even worry about that? Why was that even a problem to me? It's as if there's a supernatural peace of God floods in, what seems so huge, so massive, suddenly seems so small. Can you say amen? Now, here's some of the things that I think can steal peace. It's funny, the very things that comes against peace is the very thing that brought in the first place. And I think the one thing that comes against peace can be troubles and problems. That's why Paul says here, don't worry about anything, but tell God what's troubling you. Have you ever found this, that, that you can't enjoy God's peace and worry, but you can't worry and enjoy God's peace. You can't have, you have one of the, you're either having God's peace and having no worry, but if you've got worry, you can't enjoy God's peace. There's that kind of thing that, that flows together. And I think we've got to develop a distaste for worry. Because worry is a horrible thing in Father's eyes. I wonder how many of us feel right now. Those of us who got children at school and teacher called you in and says, you know what? Sorry about your, your, your child. Your child can't learn anything because they're so full of stress and worry because of the, the home environment they're in. I think that would cut your heart to pieces. If you thought the environment was creating worry and stress in them, you'd be kind of cut inside your heart. Now think about this. Heavenly Father, every time I say I'm worried and anxious, I'm actually, if you like, robbing God. Robbing God of who he is. Because what we're actually saying is, God, you're not really in control. You're not really the sovereign God. You're not really in control of this situation. So I would say this morning that actually when we worry, actually it's disobedience because we're forgetting what God does. We're forgetting his sovereign power. We're, we're forgetting that what every problem you're facing, God is bigger and greater than it. You're actually saying that your worry and your problem is bigger than, than what God is. And so the Bible says, actually, don't worry about anything. Because all it does, it actually has a negative effect on your life. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever felt better when you've worried? Has it ever changed your situation? Do you ever worry and think, hallelujah, my situation is now changed because I worried about it. I feel so much better now I've spent all night not sleeping. I feel so much better over that. We don't, it doesn't make any difference. We don't feel any better for it. Is that right? It has, you know what? Every time you worry... It releases negative chemicals in your body. Do you know in the opposite way? Joy releases positive chemicals in your body. That one, you know what? There's more muscles in your face than anywhere else in your body. How many kind of connect that maybe God wants to use the smile a bit more? Because that's where your muscles are. Is that right? And so the Bible says, don't be anxious. And one translation says that tell God as if he does not know. In other words, what's pulling you down? What's causing your heart to ache? What's tying you up on the inside? Whatever it is, bring it to God in prayer. Say, God, this situation's 
breaking me. This situation's hurting me. This situation is, is causing great pain in my heart. God says if we would petition him with our hearts in sincerity, he promises, I will give you a peace beyond your understanding. And here's what you've got to do. You've got to make a quality decision that says this, God, I'm no longer going to carry my problems. No longer going to carry those things in life that just so weigh me down. I've made a quality decision. I'm going to bring all those problems, all those pressures, all those difficulties. I'm going to bring all those things that are pulling me down. I think this is a pretty amazing transfer. You give God your worries, your concerns, your problems, your difficulties, and God will give to you his peace. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. That's the best deal you're going to hear. Is that right? God, I'm giving to you every problem, every difficulty, every worry. I'm giving that to you. And you said that you will give to me a peace that passes understanding. All my heartaches I give to you. You know, in the Greek, when it says that the peace of God will guard your heart, actually in the Greek, it means that God will put a sentry around. And it's this picture that someone's walking around and he's going to give you a peace that nothing will bypass. Satan will bring all kinds of problems to try and rob us of our peace. But God says, I'm going to put a sentry around your heart that's going to protect you and guide you and keep you in my will, keep you in my purpose, keep you in my joy, keep you in my strength. It's the supernatural peace of God that passes all understanding. In the Old Testament, the word for peace is shalom. And that word in, I suppose, in Hebrew has got all kinds of connotations, all kinds of meanings. It basically means to have well-being, spiritual, emotional health. It actually means wholeness. So when you say shalom, you're saying wholeness. Be blessed in every dimension of your life. Isn't that lovely? When the Jews said shalom to another, they were saying, may you receive absolutely overwhelming blessings for every sphere of your life, for every dimension of your life. May it bring wholeness to every part of your being. That's a good greeting, amen? Better than hello. You know, how many would prefer that? In the Greek, it actually speaks of, a, of, 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 of your like, of, a, of a, a rest of the soul. I think one of the most powerful things we need to learn is to enter the rest of God. Enter his rest. I found that you never really do much unless you're in the rest of God. You want to know where real, true spiritual authority lies? It's not really on how loud you shout. Not really on how quickly you, you can quote scriptures. It's really based about being in the rest of God. In other words, your heart is not disturbed or in turmoil. There's just this incredible rest. And the Bible says... Enter now the rest. And I find a lot of Christians don't enter into rest. They're struggling, they're striving, they're trying to do this, trying to do that. And they've never really come into a true sense of rest where all the turmoil, all the striving, all the struggling is gone. And I remember years trying, trying to get somebody healed, trying to, doing everything I could, struggling and striving. It's almost when you come to a place of rest. Say, God, you're the one that heals. I can't heal a gnat with a headache. 
But I trust your power to flow and to heal. And almost it's that place of rest. I believe that God does supernatural things. And I'm not talking about psyching yourself up. I'm just talking about allowing the peace of God for you to supernaturally receive it. And without that peace, you'll never enjoy anything. You know what? You can't even enjoy a good meal without peace. You could go to Dinello's or Krabby Jack's. I've been the younger end of the stick, end of the room. But you know what I mean? You could go to any place, have the greatest meal in the world. You've got no peace. You can't enjoy it. You can't enjoy your food. You can't sleep. How many want supernatural peace? And God says, I want you to enjoy the life I've given to you, but you've got to live the life of peace. And I think today there is less there is less contentment and tranquility and rest there's ever been. Everywhere I talk to, to people who aren't Christians, who aren't saved, there's absolutely no rest, no peace in their hearts. Is that right? People are absolutely overwhelmed by the problems and, and the circumstances and the pressures of life. They've got no peace in their hearts. You know, that's the one real troop test of a believer. Do you realize that? You know, you, the Bible says, you know, you can have a lot of riches or everything else in life, wealth, everything else, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're blessed. What the Bible says, the wicked have no peace. That's the test. And I believe when we reveal peace, it's a testament to the world. Because the world is so full of, of pain and they're hurting in their hearts, they're struggling, they're striving. But when we come... And we have the peace of God. I think it's one of the greatest testimonies that we can have. A peace beyond understanding. No matter what happens around us, we've still got peace. See, if your, your, if, your peace is, if your peace is based upon your circumstances, then it's not true peace. But it can change in a moment. Supernatural peace means this. That when the storms of life are hitting your life, you're at peace. When, when almost your life's falling apart, you've got peace. Because it's the supernatural peace of God. And notice what he says in verse 8. Paul's a man after my own heart. I notice this. Because in verse 8 he says, finally, brethren. And you may notice he goes on for another chapter for those who have noticed that. <laughs> he says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true... Wherever things are noble, wherever things are just, wherever things are pure, wherever things are lovely, wherever things are a good report, any virtue, anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. These things which you have learnt, received and heard and saw in me, these do. And what happens? And the God of peace will be with you. What am I saying this morning? You can think away peace of God. You can think it away. By dwelling on thoughts that God does not want you to have. You know, some, I think some people, they don't really need anyone to agitate them. You know, no nasty boss, no mother-in-law or no nasty work colleague. They lose peace because of what they dwell on, because of what they think on. And because they're thinking on the wrong thing, the peace of God just goes in a few moments. Because their minds are focused on the wrong things. 
They're, they're, they're full of negative thoughts. Negative thoughts will always rob you of peace. Impure thoughts rob you of peace. Thoughts that are not worthy of God and for you to dwell on them. And you wonder why you're feeling so uncomfortable on the inside. It's because your mind is set on the wrong thing. And Paul says, if you think on these things, then the peace of God will be with you. So he says, he says, think on things that are true. The devil is the father of lies. Everything he comes at you with is a lie. The reason why often people can be bound by, by various things in life is because at some point they believe the lie. Every bondage, every th addictive thing in life actually began with a thought. People believed the lie. And as they began to believe the lie, they become bound and limited in life. And Paul says, don't think on truth. Think on truth. In other words, meditate on the truth of God's word. Isn't that right? You know, you, know, you know what I call God's word? I call it happy thoughts. <laughs> you think on the devil's lie and it's torment. It dis you, you feel tormented inside your heart. You feel distraught. And that's what he wants. As I think on God's truth and God's word, you know what he brings into my heart? It brings peace. How many love peace? It's what your mind's on. I'm thinking on truth. The devil wants to tell me who I'm not. God wants to tell me who I am. So I think on the truth of what God says about me. And this, I like this calling happy thoughts. How many have ever read, be honest, Peter Pan? No? Okay. In Peter Pan... How did, he learn, how did he tell people to fly? He says, think on happy thoughts. And the more happy thoughts you think on, the more you begin to lift up. What a truth that is, if you like. The more I think on God's word, the more he's going to lift me up. Happy thoughts. I'm forgiven. I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm more than the conqueror through him that loves me. Begin to think on those truths and you'll be lifted up. If you, think on any diff if you think any differently to what God says, you lose your peace. You're overwhelmed by the things of life. And without anybody doing anything or saying anything, your faith, you can be full of, you can be agitated. Because the thoughts you're thinking are ugly thoughts. They're not the good thoughts that God wants you to think, think on. And God says, think on these things. Think of how much I love you. Think of how I've got a plan for your life. Think of all the thoughts I've got for you. Do you know how many thoughts God's got towards you? You know what the Bible says? His thoughts towards you are more than the sand on the seashore. I think that's a pretty lot of thoughts. Every moment of your life, God's got an amazing thought towards you. God's got good thoughts towards you. And he says, think on these things. Think on the fact that, that God loves you, that God sent Jesus to die for you. And if he sent Jesus to die for you, won't he also give you all things in Christ Jesus? You see, when you think, he says, also think on things that are pure. When you think in pure thoughts, it robs you of your peace. You lose your peace. In other words, Peace actually is all about thinking the right thing. So you're thinking all the time. Well, some of us are. Uh, 
You know, a shark swims all the time. It doesn't ever stop. And your mind is thinking all the time. It never stops thinking. Some of you might be thinking, what an amazing sermon. Others of you are thinking, I wonder what's for lunch. <laughs> I wonder if I put the chicken roast in, whatever it is. But so you're thinking all, every moment you're thinking. The issue is, is what you're thinking about. What your mind is set on. And Paul is so strong. He's saying, look, think these things. Things that are true. Things that are pure. Don't think on things that are false and negative. Think on things that are good and wholesome and pure and uplifting. And if you do that, then the God of peace will keep your heart. See, sometimes when we go through a problem, what the devil says to you is that God doesn't love you anymore. God's given up on you. You start thinking on those thoughts. And suddenly you find your peace disappearing and going. I start thinking how much God loves me. Suddenly the peace of God begins to grow and deepen in my heart. You know, ultimately speaking, you are a result of how you think. As a man thinketh, so he is. How you think, what thoughts you allow to dominate your life, will affect who you are. You are ultimately a result of what thoughts you allow to be dominant in your life. And so Paul says, listen, I've got a great way for you to have peace. Think on those things. Think on right things. And if you do that, then your peace won't be robbed from your life. Amen. Let me close this last one. Verse 9. So much more I could say, but time has gone. It says, the things that you've learned and received and heard, saw me do, the God of peace be with you. In other words, he says, put into practice what my word says. Put into practice. Don't just hear it. Put it into practice. In other words, the way to lose your peace is to get disobedient. The moment you become disobedient is the moment you lose your peace. Do you know what peace ultimately is? It's your warning light. When you're doing something and it's not right before God, you know what's going to happen? You feel disturbed in, on the inside. Isn't that right? You feel a, a, almost a disarmony inside you. And it's almost God's red light to tell you what you're doing is not right. Oh, you can excuse it. Oh, you can explain it away. But deep inside your heart, the peace goes. And peace is God's warning light. And God says that, that, that if you disobey me, I'm going to lift my peace from you. And it's a warning light. It's saying to you, get right quickly. I like to say this, that the peace of God is almost God's alarm. And he's saying it, it's almost a way to get your attention. The moment that peace lifts from your heart, God's getting your attention. You're thinking, what's wrong? Why do I feel so disturbed in my heart? Why do I feel no harmony inside my heart? Ever made a decision? And the, the way you know it's not right, it may look right outwardly, but something in your heart feels disturbed. Something inside you doesn't feel right about it. And you try to argue in your mind, you try to reason out and argue out, but something inside doesn't feel right. And Paul says, that's a warning. That's me guiding you and showing you that's not the right way for you to go. 
Sometimes the Bible is not, doesn't give exactly specific details for your life. But what God does say is, my peace is going to lead you. My peace will guide you. And I found that, the, that when we come outside the will of God, we lose our peace. But I love the fact the moment I put it right with him, the moment I confess it, the moment I put it under the blood, what happens? Oh, the peace of God returns. That supernatural peace fills my heart. You know, the other amazing thing is, when you lose your peace, it affects your relationship with everybody else. Isn't that amazing? If you have peace with God, you have peace with people. Every time I ever see people who, who begin to get into conflict and fall out, often the first thing they lost was their peace. Because when you lose your peace, you find yourself getting into conflict. People agitate you. People annoy you more than they probably did before. But when you have peace, it's amazing how you can deal with the most annoying person. Like the person sitting next to you. You know what I mean? You, you can deal with a lot of people and you've got peace in your heart. And they can be saying all kinds of things about you, doing all kinds of stuff. You feel, wow, I just feel it. It's great to feel that. You feel at peace. Nothing affects that peace inside you. The supernatural peace of God. The Bible says, I will keep him in perfect peace, whose what? Mine, set on me. That's a, a fixed position. I'm fixing my mind on you, God. Fixing my heart. Obeying your will. Not allowing worry and anxiety to grip my heart by an act of my will. I'm going to believe what you say, not what the enemy says. And God says, if you do that, then a peace is going to keep your heart. And in a world where there's so much stuff that's attacking our peace, God's raising up a supernatural people full of peace. We're going to work. You know, everybody's stressed out and you're going to work. How are you doing, guys? You know, and you're at peace there and you're happy and smiley and you're feeling good about things. Even on Monday morning, you're feeling that way. And, you know, great, you feel wonderful and everything else. People say, why is that person so different? Why do I feel so stressed and overwhelmed? Remember, I've gone through... A, wed a wedding preparation for a week. Probably the high stress levels of anything else in life. Plus moving in two weeks. So I've had high levels of stress these last few weeks. But I know what's kept my heart. Peace. Supernatural peace that will keep your heart and mine. Let's just come before the Lord right now. Just lift your hands to him right now. Oh, some of us right now need a good dose of peace. We need supernatural peace to flood our hearts. I don't want you to open your eyes. Some of us have got all kinds of struggles and pressures and difficulties. And you just say, God, I need supernatural peace to flood my heart. I'm facing all kinds of pressures and stresses of life. But in the midst of it this morning, I'm saying, God, would you fill my heart with supernatural peace? The kind of peace that passes understanding. See, if you can understand it, then it's not supernatural peace. What am I saying? I'm talking about the fact that you're facing something and you can't understand why you feel so peaceful. How come I feel so peaceful in the midst of this storm? So I tell you why? It's supernatural peace. And I believe every believer this morning, part of your salvation package if i use that word is peace the peace of god 
Oh, the peace. Peace like a river. Say, Lord, flood my heart like a river with your peace this morning. Flood my heart with peace. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place this morning. Come and fill every heart with supernatural peace. I love to do these moments. Maybe you've got all kinds of struggles and pressures. I think God wants to release supernatural peace in many hearts this morning. A peace that just keeps you supernaturally against every onslaught, every attack of the enemy. So just where you are, if you just say, God, I just need a new dose, and you release a supernatural peace into my heart. Hallelujah. And just lift your hand to heaven. Father, we thank you that you are the God of peace. And Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place this morning. And I say, Holy Spirit, release your peace. For those, Lord, who are battling with all kinds of things, all kinds of struggles, all kinds of pressures, in the midst of those pressures, in the midst of those difficulties right now, I pray, Lord, release your supernatural peace. A peace that would pass understanding. A peace that would guard hearts and, and guard minds against the onslaughts of the enemy. Lord, I break every lie, every deception of the evil one. And Lord, I say supernatural peace cause their hearts to flood, to be overwhelmed with such a sense of peace that, Lord, that every weapon that would rise against them won't prosper because your peace will keep them. Lord, we put upon our heads the very gospel, the very, the very, we put a, your peace to flood our minds, flood our hearts. Flood every heart with your supernatural peace. Breathe on them your peace. And that's what the Lord says to you this morning. Receive my peace. Breathe, Lord. Breathe your peace into every heart today. Let every area of pressure and and storms, Lord, we lift it right now. And we release wonderful peace. Flood every heart with the peace of the Lord. Thank him for his peace right now that keeps your heart and your mind. Think of what it's like in a world full of confusion where people haven't got any peace. They are desperately looking for peace. They think the lottery will bring them peace. They think having lots of money will bring them peace. They think having an easy life will bring them peace. There's only one peace that can ever satisfy the human heart. It's the peace of God. Flood every heart here this morning, Father, with supernatural peace. For those of us who know that peace, I, Lord, I pray for an extra dosage, if you like. Lord, give us an extra dosage of your peace. Let supernatural peace be released in every heart today. Peace that will strengthen and empower. Peace that will be such a testimony to a broken, hurting world. Release your peace, we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Delancey Elim Church. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelim.co.uk.